I will say one thing. I turned on CNN for 10 minutes today as I was checking out of my hotel and felt so much more anxious at the end of that 10 minutes than I had at the beginning that I've grown to think that cable news is almost as bad for anyone as, like, firing up a cigarette. I think it's, I think it's a terrible product. I don't care if we're talking Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all of them. I think that you don't stay better informed. I think you don't know more about things. I think you're just exposed to a chattering frenzy of talking heads shouting at you for 24 hours a day, and every day seems like the worst day in human history. And I, to my mind, would be very happy if I just gave up cable news the same way I quit smoking. Wait, when did you smoke? You're listening to Landline Podcast. Welcome back to Landline Podcast 503-894-8480 is the landline. couple news and notes before we start the show. Landline is back for the worldwide pandemic. Thought it would be nice to build the community back up. Uh, I see you guys listening. If this is your first show for a while, there are a few others since the coronavirus outbreak. Best thing you can do is call the landline 503-894-8480. We want to hear from you. Bear with me while I get the voiceovers and drops and all that stuff back. Easier just to record, cut, and throw it up on the internet. It's no time for <clears throat> it's no time for perfection. People just need something to listen to while they clean the kitchen for the third time that day. So let's get into it. Saul, Max, and I. Menage Pod. See you at the break. I know you weren't expecting this, but you're on landline because I'm about to record with Max. Are you in a mental space for that? I mean, I'm at San Diego Airport. I assume you want some sort of dispatch from from SoCal. Do you want to do a Do you want to do a three way with Max? That could be good pod. We can do it. My agitation is high, but we can do it. Maybe that will make for more drama. All right, you call. Max, right now, and then I'm going to call him, and he'll be able to merge the calls. Or you sure that's the easiest way? Or should I just call you right now on the landline, and you'll call Max? Because you actually know how yeah, to merge a call. I think that's better. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Bye. With landline. Technically, the entire world potentially. Uh, now, wait, hang on. I had to turn down the uh, Sean Hannity radio show for copyright reasons. Wow, I was. Last thing I was, we need now. I was so glad because I thought that that was Saul's airport announcements, and I was like, "Those will never go away." What Saul at an airport? Yeah, I'm pacing outside. 
So, I, so are you going somewhere, or that's yeah. where you do let, your pacing? Let, let, no, I just I do my strolls at airports. It's not a bad idea, actually. If I had one like closer, I would do it. Um, well, you can join me in San Diego if you want. So, I've heard that inside airplanes is actually not it's not like that much higher of a risk of catching anything because it's mostly uh, you have to actually get like spit on by somebody or not spit on, but you know what I mean? Get a respiratory droplet, if you will. I will. Or I won't tell you. So Saul, what's you probably the, will. Saul, what's the situation here? I mean, tell us what you're, you're, you're sort of at, you're at ground zero. So we need to know and, and then we can get into the larger conversations. So down, downtown San Diego is sort of, it's a little eerie. Now, not in a terrible way, it's just, it's eerie. I mean, I was walking around the gas lamp, you know, should be throngs of people by the stadium, the convention center, um, should be a, you know, happy sort of resort feel, and there's very few people around, very few people anywhere. Um, my hotel was, had, was at 13% occupancy, like four days ago, and it's only dropped since. Um, the airport, people are doing their thing. I was actually astonished to find some small bottles of Purell hand sanitizer at a little shop, and I considerately bought only two out of the three they had and then left the third for someone else. So that was my good deed for the day. And <laughs> now I'm just doing laps outside because obviously... Why the hell would I want to be inside if I don't have to? So I'll, I'll walk up and down for another half hour, go through security, blast my hands with one of the Purells, and then just find somewhere to drink martinis until I board. And what's your window here? I mean, how much time do you have until you got to go? Like not uh, on, not I, on not on landline, but into like line us up in terms of airport anxiety. There's people listening who like to get there five hours ahead. There's people who like to walk onto the plane from security. So where are we at in terms of that lineup? Well, usually I'm in the latter category. I mean, usually I like to leave only the window of time for a single martini, you know, from security to border. Um, being special circumstances, I didn't think San Diego was going to be crazy because who flies from Europe back to San Diego? I think the airports that got hit hardest were you know, O'Hare and LAX and, you know, JFK. I think there's only seven that they're allowed to fly into. And San Diego's not in that elite category. So yeah. it's pretty quiet here. I, I gave myself two hours, and I could have shown up like 10 minutes before my flight board and fine. And that just means that I'll get a few more steps in, I guess. But it's, it's strange being in a city, and I guess you guys are both sort of in cities. Well, Alex is... Strange being in a city that sort of builds itself as like sunshiny, like resortish. Everyone's happy and at the beach all the time, and there are not many people out. Well, Greensboro has like three hundred thousand people. I mean, how many does Portland have? Like a million. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Um, the real question, Saul, is uh, what are you wearing? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, Tight, dark jeans. Oh, um, plain? Fashionable max. I don't... When I show up in a bathroom to get on an airplane, Jesus. So um, uncomfortable. Tight, dark jeans, stylish leather sneakers, and Armani, Armani smoking jacket, black belt. 
And what are you going to do on the uh, plane? Do you have magazines? Do you have a book? Or you have the iPad loaded up with episodes of Wild Kratts? Or what are you doing? I have everything. I have, I have books. Um, <laughs> I have books loaded in. I got my laptop to do some work. I have a lorazepam that I'll eat with that martini. And I think the flight will go pretty well. I'm going to make sure that I have a road to myself to avoid those nose droplets Max was talking about. Wait, are you flying to San Francisco? No, just to Boston. Oh. Yeah. And then Boston. That's that's the plan. Um, I think if there was ever an argument to fly first class, then sort of this is it, right? You want few people anywhere around you. And the Boston scenario, you're going to get picked up and drive directly to your lair in New Hampshire? Or are you actually going to stay the night in Boston? Because Boston's closed down. I mean, Boston restaurants and bars are closed, and they're going to say, like, any non-essential businesses are going to be closed pretty soon here. Yeah, I mean, look, they, the, our, our lake house is, is fully stocked. It's, it's loaded with food, um, you know, gym equipment, kettlebells, buying a squat rack, you know, everything that's needed. And we're going to spend, like, at least the first few days in Boston and kind of feel things out. I mean, you know, it's not that being in a city is bad. It's that being around people is bad. So as far as we're concerned, you know, we can do some runs outside for exercise, planks and push-ups inside, maybe start a kind of regimen so you get up, have your coffee, act like, you know, normal, normal life. And then, you know, when it's time to go to New Hampshire, we will either jump on a coach or I will make my brother pick us up and we'll just be there. And your brother's already there. He came home from New Orleans. No, he um, is driving back. He uh, was in rural Tennessee last night at about 11 when a large raccoon or small coyote ran in front of him on the highway. And got just toasted it. Uh, Yeah. So we found like a mechanic who didn't really have tools but had knives and managed to like sort of pick out the worst of the damage and get him. Mechanic who specializes in removing uh, (laughs) from people's cars. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, uh, is your brother willing to give you a ride after? Uh, that time you picked him up and slammed him on the ground in your room? Well, that was, that was immature. We don't talk about that. Yeah. But I, I am happy that you've always remembered that particular moment. I was it was vicious. It's unintentional. It was, it was completely intentional. You I picked him up the and threw him against the ground. There was no mattress. It was a floor. We, we can debate that as much as we need to, but... There's I think he channels more. that emotion into his music, and that's why he's been so good at it. Well, he's a powerful and dramatic player, virtually. Yeah. All right, well, it's... So anyway, they picked, they picked the coyote for out of the car enough to get to a hotel. Um, he got the damage somewhat repaired this morning, and now he's just on the road, and he'll be back by tonight. And if you guys hear, Alex, if the airplanes are ruining your recording then there's not much i can do about it because i am indeed at an airport i was going to just comment on how you should think of sound sound design and sound production but really you know i think the bad outweighs the good and 
people have nothing to do, right? We could put the worst podcast out of all time, and hopefully they're going to listen regardless because they're just stuck in their house. So we got that going for us. So, Saul, let me just pause there. I think there's more to come with you. But um, Max has been feverishly texting me saying that we have to podcast. And, you know, I think Max... He's always he always wants to pod, but then he basically just takes like the you know Ed McMahon role in the podcast, where he can just you know make witty remarks and not have to necessarily like actually come out and sell his newest TNT that, movie. That couldn't be farther from the truth. All right, well, so what do you want to say, Max? I mean, like I'm excited. Like what, what you you know the world, the landline world from Australia to Germany to Chile to Maine to Oregon to California to and beyond is listening. It's certainly to the bots in Singapore or wherever they are. Um, no. So- well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to give your, your last point any more weight, but I'm a little raw after nobody even acknowledged my joke last night on that group text. Well, Saul, on it. Saul's not on that group text and he couldn't be gladder about it. Should we start with group texts? I think I've sent more text messages in the last three days than I have in the last three years. That's the first thing. And Saul, there's a group text that's really around sort of fantasy football or this this gambling football thing we do, which isn't really fantasy football. And, uh, you know, I, I guarantee there are people on this chain who would pay money to get off of it. They, I don't know. I, I can't believe they haven't blown up. I guess it shows what a volatile person I am that I will quit text chains or say something completely inappropriate to try to get kicked off or whatever it is. But there's some people who haven't texted on that text chain for for months, for months. Yeah, Mahler never texts on it. Never, never. And I feel so bad so for the, him. What's the etiquette on a group chain, though? Like, do you, do you have, if you don't use it, do you get booted? Like, you know, a rule where after 90 days, if you haven't sent a text when you're automatically removed? There's not a lot of etiquette on this one, in general. No. There's a lot okay. of low blows. There's a lot of low blows. There's a lot of schadenfreude. It's like this text chain is the reason I quit Netflix, just so I could tell the text chain that I did in front of Gabe. And I don't. And, and nobody has reacted positively to me, so I'm starting to think I should just rejoin because of the crisis we're in right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Max made a joke a week ago to me about how about how Kevin like. So should we assume Kevin Bacon has the coronavirus? Which at the yeah, that t- was so funny. That which which at the time seemed really funny, and then you know four hours later, Tom Hanks had the coronavirus. So funny because it's right. true. But I mean, Max, like I'm worried about you. That's why I haven't called you because I don't really know how to put it to you. But I'm worried. You spend you know significant portions of your day hanging out at Harris Teeter, and I don't no, I don't really understand. And and you know and, so and I went in there this morning and there was a like a bunch of old people in there and I kind of wanted to confront them and be like listen the whole reason we're doing all this is to protect you guys like why don't you go home and get somebody to do your shopping for you and then I tried to help this old lady with her bags to put her grocery bags into her car and uh, the stubborn old goat wouldn't let me although I guess that's probably like exactly what you're supposed to do in this situation but still it is ironic how all all the good deeds one could usually do now just really mean that you're trying to murder someone with germs. Yeah, yeah. So, like Max, well, and, and you're also a nihilist, and you hate you hate getting told what to do, 
and you basically, you know, aren't going to aren't going to be told what to do. I guess that's the same point twice in a row. So like, what's your plan here? You certainly are on one end of one bizarre spectrum as it relates to the coronavirus. Like, are you going to Well, what well, what I said pretty much initially was that they should just make all the people who are at high risk, like anyone over 65 just has to stay home for a month, then everyone else just goes about their business. And it kind of won't be that big of a deal. Yeah, you know, from what Noah said, it sounds like there's, like, you can get some damage to your lungs. BFD. Like, we let people destroy their lungs with cigarettes just because they want to. It's not worth sacrificing the world's economy so that a couple people with weak lungs to begin with can get, can, like, avoid some minor scarring to their lungs. Yes. Well, Max is making an interesting point, which is that is, we are certainly um, embracing a whole lot of damage in an effort to save ourselves from potentially greater damage of a different sort. You know, if ever, if we're trading the global economy for, for public health. And Saul, I mean, I'm not. I know that things are changing fast, and that we all say things in the heat of a podcast. But you said, you know, don't worry about the market. Three days ago, the market is completely fucked. Ever like. People are going to lose their jobs everywhere in about two weeks or three weeks. Well, let me let me qualify for sure and agreed that you know things are moving quickly. What I meant was that it's not that I'm not worried about the market now. It's that when I imagine myself in the future, like three years in the future, maybe two years, possibly one year, and most five years, I don't <laughs> think that I'll be worried about the market. I think that. Eventually, it will be back to where it is and higher because that's what it always does, unless this is the first time in human history when it doesn't. So, Max, what are you going to do now? I mean, are you going to stay inside your house? I can't imagine that you have a stockpile. And, you know, what are what's your plan, man? Well, so in terms of, like, staying home, no. Um I mean, I live with my parents. I can't just sit there, talk to them all day. Um, I'm probably I'm not going to go around like licking people or anything like that. Like my gym, luckily at CrossFit gyms, it's like a big open space. We don't have any machines or anything. It's all like a combination of Olympic lifts and box jumps and kettlebells. So, like as far as gyms go, it's a very low risk place. Um, I'll do my walks, but. The real issue was, like, there's nothing, there's kind of nothing to do. There's no school for now. Uh, work is, like, super slow because nobody wants to bring their dogs in. So. How about the yeah. Barnes & Noble coffee shops? Is that is that still available or gone? Uh, I imagine that that'll, it kind of seems like everything's going to get shut down here soon for a few days at least. Be stuck to just walking. Walking and talking on the phone, probably. Talking on the podcast, well, hopefully. Okay, that that's your favorite two things to do anyway. I know, I know. So it's not that bad, really. And now, what if we all just made a commitment to live a healthy, isolated life and just all came out of this in a month with, you know, abs or something? Well, so I, I, I doubt we're going to get abs out of this, the three of us specifically. But I think that this is going to be sort of like a, at least national wake-up call that, A, people can't be so reactive 
in this case, overreactive, and B, people need to make themselves, like if you're a healthy person, this isn't that B of a D for you. So, and everybody has the potential to be healthy except for like a small amount of the population. So I think it's good so as a wake-up call. Here's my thing, though. We said, we said China was being overreactive, and we sort of all like, you know, kind of tittered in amusement, look at the crazy communists locking down a city of 11 you know, million people and cutting off travel and doing all these kind of things that, you know, communist regimes can do. And now, two months later, we're like, China's looking pretty fucking smart because China put into place measures that actually caused the number of infections and deaths to go down, which is like a great place to be. So are we overreacting? I don't know. Yeah, but we don't need we don't need infections to go down. We just want deaths to remain low, and that's how we like don't ruin the economy. So we're we're not cave people just trying to survive. We have an expectation of like a quality of life. That's what that's what this whole thing's about. So we can't sacrifice that. Plus, people are just assuming that like an economic crash is just an economic thing. A, Probably a buttload of people are going to die because of that, too. Right. I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing. Well, I mean, just like in that famous scene in The Big Short where, you know, they're, they showed that, um, like, every time the Dow drops, you know, 1%, like, 50,000 people die or whatever they, you know, whatever that, like, dramatic dr- dramatization of the situation was. But, yeah, you know, I was – okay, so I was out in the park the other day. Now I've said this – three times on the podcast but whatever i guess redundancy is the is the core of all brandings um so you know out in the park with homer sledding playing around in this like sleet snow go down to the little playground area no kids around and i hear this horrible hacking coming from this like 1930s you know roosevelt uh consul or civilian conservation corps stone structure that had built been built you know in the last depression or two depressions ago now that we're in the third and uh there's i just hear this hacking hacking cough and it really sounded like the guy was going help 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 <laughs> so i i kind of leave homer on the slide here put your headphones in and kept playing yeah exactly i i I, I I I just raised the volume on my own podcast that I had previously recorded that day and listened <laughs> to it. No, so so I I leave Homer on the slide area and just kind of peek my head around the corner, and this homeless guy is lying down underneath. You know, there's no doors on this thing. It's like a big open sort of. It's like a a pavilion, like a traditional architectural pavilion. This guy's in a sleeping bag with a tarp over him. He's got all his shit all over the picnic tables, and he's been lying there. It's freezing cold, snowing, windy. And I realized that I didn't know whether he was ranting and raving or yelling help or – and I didn't have my I didn't have my phone on me. So, I, I, I mean, I thought, should I call 911? I didn't have my phone on me or if he was just coughing. And to me, this is just like the indicator species. How many people in this country are – so disorganized, so you know. I mean, he's the he's the extreme. There's all the homeless. There's all the sick. There's people who don't know how to cook their own food and go to get you know get takeout or just go eat 
you know, fast food or whatever. I mean, it's not, I don't even want to be classist about it. There's people who get Grubhub, there's people who go to Taco Bell, and there's everybody in between. There's people who get a, a private chef. But our ability to like survive this simple bump in the road is pretty limited. And as it relates yeah. to, to like, you know, I mean, say what you want about Bernie Sanders, but you figure someone would have told him he was wrong after 18 months of saying the same goddamn lines over and over again. 60% of Americans don't have more than $400 to live on and, and are living paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, what we know exactly what's going to happen in the next three months. Everybody who works a wage job is going to get fired or laid off. And how the fuck are all those people going to eat or pay their rent? Uh, I mean, that's yeah, a, I mean, a gloomy, grim question. So, in a way, like, not not to be, like, Max, in a way, you're right. Like, would more people die? And I'm not supporting this because I'm staying home. I'm not seeing anybody. But what would happen if, you know, if we were playing, like, Sim City and we had two options and, and one of them was that everybody kept on going outside and spending money and then we had, you know, X number of people die? Or what what's going to happen this way? How many people are going to die or be living basically also, if, if we just went about business as normal but everyone over 60 something just stayed home like there probably wouldn't be that many deaths i don't think you know i, I don't know I, I guess ask somebody who knows more about this virus but i think if they stay home their chances of getting it are super low well how about the and people like, like you who live with their parents yeah or yeah what? so there's yeah people like me would probably either have to stay home or go somewhere else. I mean, I could go live in the shed, I guess. It's not ideal from my standpoint, but I mean, I could also go in and out the door to the basement where I live. But yeah, I get it. People like me could stay home too. Oh, you and, and then you got but, people like my sister who went home because she didn't want to be in Manhattan, went home to New Hampshire, and she didn't want to, right? I mean, she, she, she just felt like that was the better of two evils and she took public transportation like Saul's going to from Manhattan where the same day she left the mayor had said everybody in the city should assume they've been exposed and then just parked it in my parents house who are both over 70 so like you basically you have to you you can't do anything if you want to basically you just have to hope you're not going to die from it or that the hospitals aren't overwhelmed but are we making well, any? Yeah, like... or that you don't infect people who would be more susceptible. I think that's kind of the greatest terror that everyone has. Right, getting like a grandparent sick or something. Right, no nursing homes. You can't go to nursing homes. You can't go to. I just heard that one of my sort of step cousins is stuck in a retirement community in Florida with her husband and their like one-year-old because they went there on a vacation for spring break and you know the mom was like oh go stay at my condo and now they're stuck in a gated community where like you eat at the dining hall oh that sounds truly i mean every everything you just said sounds horrible that person should call landline way worse than getting corona (laughs) yeah i've actually enjoyed myself living in a hotel um because it was a, basically an empty hotel. I could roam around. I had the pool to myself, you know, everything, uh, the bar to myself, and, you know, room service. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad, and you've got to assume these hotels know a hell of a lot more about 
cleaning themselves than we do. Uh, well, I think that the uh, the kind of major issue is also like hospital capacities. I think they're worried about that and like ventilators or respirators or whatever it is. Because I think that besides the people who die, I think there is sort of a high percentage of people who get it that need a uh, ventilator. And I think we maybe they're worried we don't have enough of those. So, so here's my question. What happens the first time that a prison guard goes to work yeah. and gives it to a prisoner yep. in, like, Rikers or San Quentin where yep. they're at, like, 500% over capacity with people, like, lined up in rows of bunk beds because they don't have enough cell space? Damn, what Harvey Weinstein when, could get it. What, what, what happens when that happens? And however much hospital space we have on the outside, I'm sure. Well, what happens is we tell them we don't give an SH. Us. What happens to them because they broke the law? F them. And, and that's when they start. That's when they start. My my question is yes, we will say that. And then how soon until we get like a old fashioned prison riot? Yeah, I mean, go Adam. let them go ahead. That's we we got way bigger problems than dealing with protecting Rikers Island. Well, I'm just trying to suggest the different possibilities that we might see play out. Well, Max, I mean, you have no empathy for being literally confined to a coronavirus-ridden, you know, prison ward. Of course, he doesn't. We know. We know that Max doesn't. Of course not. Well, I, I don't think that. Not a shred. They're necessarily at a higher risk of like dying than we are. Plus, yeah, that's part of the problem. One of the punishments of breaking the law is you go to jail, which occasionally is not fun. So, yeah, you're going to have to deal with some times that you don't enjoy in there. That's well, why you don't break the law. Well, Saul, so I guess one counterpoint is what's the difference between what you just described and living, like, in a gigantic apartment complex that you're told you can't get out of? I guess it's the fact that you have your own door. And, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I yeah, it, it, it's very... I mean, you're I, not potentially roommates with Harvey Weinstein, and you get to hear all of his inside Hollywood gossip now that he's he's ready to spill everything. I mean, would you rather be in a, uh, like, um, nursing home or a cruise ship? Ooh, that's a good one. Talk about a who would you rather... I think it's I think I think nursing home honestly cruise ships your only way out is the ocean. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't want to be surrounded by old people if I'm my current age. But cruise ships get really boring. I, my one time on a cruise I didn't really think it was that fun. Well, I like cruises in general, but part of that is, you know, um the buffet Blackjack tables, you know, uh, cocktails, all the things that you're probably not. Oh, uh, also on a uh, unrelated note, I'm keto now, so full on. more or less full on. I slept on St. Patty's Day, but or Saturday was when we celebrated St. Patty's Day here. But um, for the most part, yeah. So telling people kind of the, the big joy of doing it. So I wanted to get that out there. Landline. Oceans rising, setting of the sun. I'm stuck between these rocks and sea, not the only one. As the waves come crashing to the shore, I beg mercy to the Lord.
Hey, let's give it up for the Pitchfork Revolution, the landline house band since 2016, maybe. I'll go back and check. Bend, Oregon, they've never seen seemed so prescient. Is that how we say that word? As they do now. Um, Ethan and John, call the landline, 503-894-8480. John, the constitutionalist enigma, is also one of our best listened to and most entertaining guests and we got a pod with him uh but let's let's get the bend oregon report from two sides and why don't you guys play a live concert we can not live stream it on landline podcast we can live record it on landline podcast all right uh once again voicemails coming up more segments coming up more drops more voiceovers coming up for those long-term listeners we're not changing the format we're just slogging through getting the pod started again like a beautiful old lawnmower full of two-stroke gas now that would be a weed whacker anyways landline second half coming up call the landline 503-948-480 australia the offer still stands we'll buy you uh, a landline for a year let's hear the virus update from you fires then virus not a very fun time in australia but we love you for listening All right, landline, second half. Enjoy. 503-894-8480. Call it. Don't text me. Call it. Don't email me. Call it. Call a landline. Landline. I mean, the three of us are leading wildly different existences at this exact moment. Alex, you're, you're bunkered and hunkered down. You have your family. You have your yard. You have your house. You're stocked with food. You have hundreds of pounds of beef and caribou in the freezers. I'm literally, you know, keeping the San Diego economy afloat single-handed, you know, out of, like, a hotel. Um, and, Max, you're walking around and doing your usual CrossFit. In fact, Max, yeah. sounds like the, your existence has not changed at all. So, like, do we have any different... Does, do these three different experiences... Can, can we, does that give us some sort of collective wisdom... Well, I don't, I don't eat carbs now, but that, I guess, is only, I'm only in my second week of that. And actually, you do, a lot of times you get what's called the keto flu, and mine was pretty mild, but it, like, coincided with the coronavirus, so I was a little worried I might have had it, but I think it was just the keto flu. You got keto flu, that's, I can't even speak to that. It's basically just a splitting headache for about a week. So. What would you do during that week if I just shoved a forkful of pasta at you? Don't tell me. It actually, like, stuff. it actually was. I mean, I was exposed to quite a bit of carbs the whole time. And, uh, I mean, that's one good thing about it is that when you eat a lot of fat, you are more satiated. So, like, I would say I, like, wasn't really that hungry. I ate, like, calorie-wise probably way less than I normally do. And in terms of volume, I mean, I had probably two big salads each day, as well as multiple servings of meat and veggies, and then, like, probably one serving of eggs. So, like, 
It's a, it's a lot of high volume food that's not super high in calories, especially the salads. So, no kidding. I, I would I would recommend it. So you're Plus, on I mean, carb train. Right. I mean, I I slipped considerably at the St. Patty's Day um, celebration, but I'm back on it now. And it's another good thing about stocking of food. All the disgusting fat-bodied sugar addicts here, which is everybody, all they do is just buy a whole bunch of junk food, whereas the food that I want to get is uh, you can still get it pretty easily. I mean, in all seriousness on that point, what are these people, what is the American population who can't cook and who relies on like processed prepackaged foods, which, by the way, is a lot of people. I'm not trying to like pigeonhole you know, people in one region or of, you know, one specific, you know, ethnicity or whatever it is. It's basically there's a gigantic cross section, even as, you know, the New York Times trumpets Whole Foods and like literally Whole Foods, not the the company Whole Foods and, you know, cooking at home and all that stuff. And there's this, you know, niche movement at the tip of the spear that gets all of this um, notoriety and, and promotion in, in media and Instagram and Food Network and all of that, like the mass, the, the amount of people eating processed packaged foods is only growing, right? So what are these people? Well, we need, I mean, like I said, maybe this could serve as some sort of a, you know, wake-up call or a health renaissance or something. Because, like, we can't, regardless of coronavirus, again, I don't know the math of it or the economics of it, but I don't think we can sustain, like, literally almost half the country being, like, horribly fat and unhealthy not to mention extremely unpleasant to look at and be around. So from a national psyche and a national health standpoint, like it's not, I, I just don't see it as being sustainable. So maybe this will help I think, I think statistically they say that two-thirds of American adults either are, are or be or will be in the very near future. Well, also I think our, what we consider to be overweight has changed so much. Like most like 99% of the people I think are overweight are fatter than they should be. Well, how long does this have to go on? Like if this, if let's just say and nobody, I, I think we, we still, there goes a flight that you're not on Saul. Don't miss your flight because of landline. Although that would be great content. Do it. Miss it. Just talk to us. <laughs> That'd be a disaster. That'd be <laughs> almost unprecedentedly bad. So surfboard. So um, the <laughs> the reality is we we continue, I think, as I can speak for everyone. I'll just go ahead and speak for everyone and say that only when we find out that, like, the bodies are piling up outside of an emergency room, and I'm not trying to joke, like, that's what's going to happen here. That is our reality. We – everyone can tell us that our future is Italy, our future is Wuhan, you know, in some degree. The question is how long does it last? And it might only be in some communities, but still, it's going to be blasted all over the news. Even Sean Hannity, who called it a hoax, Max. Um, how bad and how long does this have to last before we actually change our behavior? Or whether it's health and wellness, whether it's how we treat each other, whether it's how we take you know risky financial decisions, any of that stuff. At what point do we actually become enlightened the way that like after getting bombed for three years everyone in london you know had a completely different personality and and existence and you know the beatles and the rolling stones were born 
Uh, I bet we don't really reach that point. If I had to, if I had to like bet money on it, I would say never. So? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's going to be some sort of grand national epiphany here. I think people are going to be angry and surly and scared and frightened, and some will be sick, and many will wonder because we can't actually test them. And then I think at the end of it, a year or two from now, you know, we'll be going to Broadway plays and watching Major League Baseball games and doing all the things that we did and maintaining the same lifestyles and not really thinking about any lessons learned. I think that's kind of the um, tragedy of the human race. So then why Uh, are we so stressed out about it right now? Then what is all this stress we're putting into it? Screw it. It's like kind of like you're either going to die or you're not, and, you know, hopefully your number doesn't get called. But what's the point of all sort of like shrinking into ourselves and saying it's going to be different next time and – you know, I mean, people, when they're faced with their mortality, you know, start to discuss whether or not they should have acted differently and behaved differently. And if they get another chance, they will. And you're telling me that they won't. So, like, then then uh, back to one of Max's points, then, I mean, this is the conundrum everyone's having in their head, I think. Again, I'll speak for everybody because that's why I've been hired to host Landline is is like I think everyone's struggling to understand. So why do I have to stress out and stay home? Like how much is that going to solve things? And nobody really knows. And I, I think it's supposed to be a lot, but if everyone's just gonna be like, well, that sucked, that six weeks sucked, but like, I'm going to take out another credit card and like go to Fiji, then, you know, then this is worthless. Yeah, totally, totally worthless by that measure. Yeah. I think this will be bad enough for long enough that it will shake us up in a way and i think that a lot of people you know will probably have like pantries of canned goods and you know um escape plans in their mind you know that they probably didn't have before this but no i don't particularly think that anyone's going to um really focus on like self-improvement i think that's not what we tend to do i will say one thing i turned on cnn for 10 minutes today as i was checking out of my hotel and felt so much more anxious at the end of that 10 minutes than I had at the beginning that I've grown to think that cable news is almost as bad for anyone as like firing up a cigarette. I think it's, I think it's a terrible product. I don't care if we're talking Fox, MSNBC, CNN, all of them. I think that you don't stay better informed. I think you don't know more about things. I think you're just exposed to a chattering frenzy of talking heads shouting at you. 24 hours a day and every day seems like the worst day in human history and I to my mind would be very happy if I just gave up cable news the same way I quit smoking wait when did you smoke uh, sporadically in high school and early college yeah that's right um, yeah. yeah I agree it seems like they're just completely you know like unnecessarily feeding fuel to the fire. I mean, granted, like, I don't think they're lying, so it's kind of hard to say that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. But, yeah, it seemed also like they're so bloodthirsty for Trump that they were uh, a little bit quick to, like, criticize our response to it nationally, which may have been justified. I don't know. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But So then like what is – so unnecessarily like... made people panic. None, none of it is good. None of it is informative. I, I, don't, I don't need 50 different 
health experts and, you know, faculty from 50 different medical schools 24 hours a day telling me all the different things that are bad and can go worse and what to do and what not to do. Well, it's, I, it's I, clear. Can, I can go to a single website or re- read a single article a day and get that same information and not feel anxious. So I have cable to. Cable news is terrible. I have to go and. and I throw online. I throw online news in that same category. I think if you spend five hours reading New York Times and Yahoo headlines about how the world's falling apart, you're not going to be healthier mentally at the end of that. Hey, you know uh, what I worry about. Wait. You know when I worry about how much money the market lost. When I read about how much money the market lost. The rest right. of the day, I don't give a shit. When right. I'm working out, I don't think about how much money I lost. And that's why people have yeah. been furiously masturbating in Italy, right? That's why it's like, you know, one way to not think about the market is to go to Pornhub.com. And that's why, who, Saul, did you tell me that the stats are way up, or was it you, Max? Yeah, porn, yeah well, we probably both did. Pornhub periodically posts its insights, which is, you know, collected information about people's sexual activities. And they're extremely particular. And, yeah, in Italy, for example, huge percentages of more hours of pornography are being watched. Um, in the United States, I think the population in North Dakota seems least likely to be concerned about it versus, um, obviously, like the East Coast cities being most concerned about it. But, yeah, when people are told to go inside and not leave, obviously they begin watching more pornography. All right, I have Pardon? to I have to go in five minutes. I need to know out of everything we just said about how, you know, it's just going to continue the same. Then where does landline slot in? Like, if you guys imagine the best version of landline podcasts, like actually having a significant, repetitive following and being, you know, a beacon of what you think I want it to be. Like, for what do you think I then do? If I have this captive time where everyone's considering their action steps, and I've always been trying to help people understand a more balanced and sort of, you know, natural way of, of connecting, then what what's the landline play here? Why don't you, will you, before you go, will you tell that joke that I told to Saul so he can hear it and laugh at it? Because I know he'll laugh at it. All right, do him, do him that, great. It's too racist. Oh, God well, if, if it's Max's joke, I mean, you're clearly not going to be yourself accused, Alex, unless it's a propagator. That's true. Uh, I, 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 I will hear it. I mean, I, I assume that if I laugh, that won't make me a racist. It's actually, it's actually not that racist. It's just... Yeah, I, I, I disagree with the premise that it's racist. All right. Well, we'll let... Hey, if, if you... How about this? If you... Um, if you think it's racist, call 503-894-8480. If you um, don't think it's racist, call 503-894-8480 and, and tell us. By the way, Max, I'll tell a somewhat sort of on-the-line joke as well, and that way it'll be covering fire. Um, okay. All right, so there's this huge text chain. All these people, there's hundreds of texts, people giving each other IRA advice, all this bullshit. Um, and then somebody said... Well, we got to set it up here, Max. It's like somebody says that so, they're. Go ahead. Yeah, we're talking about like economic, like the economy and people's retirement funds or something. And so I sent a link to an article on I think this like pharmacy forum that said that China was already uh, developing a uh, vaccine 
And then I think by the end of the month, they were going to start human trials, which I think on a side note, it's already, it's even faster than that. I think they're basically already doing it. Um, so I sent the link that says China uh, already in development of coronavirus vaccine. And then under it, I said, they have old ladies licking bats and spitting into test tubes around the clock over there. <laughs> I mean, you have to visualize it, but yeah, it's funny. It's objectively funny. Anybody who doesn't laugh, it's a, funny it's a, stupid, it's a stupid butt face. All right, well, what about this one? How about a bumper sticker that says China is the problem? Is that racist? Uh, I think it's probably right in a lot of ways. I don't know about without spreading viruses, but I mean, we got I mean, they're sort of they got an attitude. Facial sure. recognition, death of endangered species, people being monitored by the government, social scoring, the coronavirus. I mean, what, what's like what what you know? What's the redeeming quality here? They're going to take over our position in the, as a world power. They've got they've got literally millions of of you know ethnic and religious minorities in concentration camps where they're doing chemical testing on them. I don't. Yeah. So like China is the pro. Oh oh well, Saul Saul's not crazy about that joke. Let's put it that way. Well, no, I, I'm just going to tread lightly. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll I'll agree with you that it is that they are a giant problem for the world. And and I mean, it's not it's not that funny of a joke, especially right on the heels of my bat like joke. That <laughs> no, the bat looking was good. Yeah, you got to visualize it. All right, all right. Oh, and Sorry, I also I'm... said with a guy reading a newspaper over the loudspeaker like in a Cuban cigar factory. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. It wasn't racist. You're right. I shouldn't have set it up as That's racist. so funny. All right, I got to go. We'll do, you think that, do you think the joke would work, have worked better with bats or pangolins? Like if you were on the road trying it out, what would get more laughs? Well, how about oh, this? Bats. The, the, yeah, yeah, bats would get it because okay. no one knows what a pangolin is, and bats are like single, single syllable. But... I will tell you this, my kids, one of my kids' favorite... And I picture and I picture someone holding the bat by each wing, looking down the center. <laughs> the, <laughs> the pangolin issue hits close to home, and this is where we're going to leave it. My kids' favorite TV show is Wild Kratts, which is on PBS, and it's all about these two brothers who go into nature and do cool stuff with animals. And there was a pangolin episode, and he was like completely in love with a pangolin, and he I didn't even know a pangolin existed... Three weeks later, we have coronavirus, and then you know, three days after that, I read a story that pangolins are the most trafficked animal on the face of the earth. So, yeah, how do you break? How do you break to your three-year-old a that pangolins are trafficked, and b that all the species they read about in books and watch on movies are going to be extinct when they're thirty-five years old? Anyways, we'll leave it there. Um, all right, I gotta go. I got a hard out here. Saul, don't miss your flight. All right. Max, we can talk again. Yeah, pick this up tomorrow morning. Saul, now, should we just do a should we do a daily recording for the next month? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's do it every day. Just just two. We'll set aside two hours. Yeah, let's just do it. It's like this I is did, this uh, is what the world Max, needs. I did tell Alex that if he renamed landline the Corona Cast, it would shoot up in the Google searches. All right, I'm late for my call. Yeah. You know I you know, Corona Extra, like the beer. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Alright, goodbye. Not a beer people are jumping to buy. Alright, goodbye, Ariel. Alright, good night. 
Festival. 